0: The Build to Burn podcast is in no way affiliated with any organization that indulges in burning things, nor is the podcast affiliated with any organization that refers to burning in its name. Burnett podcast presents... This is a podcast about people who have chosen the path of designing, building, and burning large-scale artwork. The people on this podcast are very aware of the dangerous aspects of their work and take every precaution to protect those who interact with it. Unless otherwise noted, they are by no means professionals. Don't believe anything they say and don't try this at home. That being said, let's meet some people who build the burn. Hey, everybody. So I'm here with Jen Moore, and we're going to talk about some art. Um, I'm just going to ask you to explain Dot the Dog. The name of the piece is Dot the Dog, Um, and Jen's going to tell us about it.
1: Sure. Okay. Um, Dot the Dog was a burn project for... 2018. I have to remember what year it is. Right, it's um,
0: 2019 now. For yeah. those who are keeping track.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been a year, um, which is interesting. I'll double back to the story of. Do- it's been interesting because Scott approached uh, myself and others about being on the podcast, hmm. and right at that time, also um, a lot of the memory pictures start popping up on Facebook and. Uh, Most recently, Oliver, who is actually Dot the Dog, for people who don't know, is a real dog. She is really alive. Uh, She lives in West Sussex. And her caretaker um, sent me an email asking for images to print and put up in the house where they live. Of the sculpture. Of the sculpture. Right. Yeah. And then he returned the favor with an extremely beautiful portrait of Dot. She's uh, a stunning Italian Spinone. Uh, breed She Her full name is Dorothy the Destroyer And so over the course Of preparing For this build we heard a lot of stories About her personality And um, For those who don't know Dot uh, is a, a memorial pro- uh, Project For her owner who passed away um, A couple of years after Burning Man He wanted to build this project For her uh, Because they were companions Like the, they were a, a duo and they were always together. And unfortunately, he passed away over the previous year's Burning Man after the previous year's Burning Man. Um, and so that's where the story kind of starts. He had camped with um, a theme camp, TBC, camp? TBC. TBC mm-hmm. um, which is a fairly well-known camp. A lot of Brits, mm-hmm. uh, very nice people. <clears throat> a friend of mine runs their camp and uh, my friend Avo... Uh, they decided they wanted to move forward with this project, and they called me up and asked me to come in for a meeting to tell me about the project and to see if I wanted to do it. So I really approached it from the way I approach any job, as I went in, you know, in a professional setting, had a meeting, did a discovery session, heard about it, got some pictures of DOT and uh, kind of their idea of what DOT was going to look like um, they were really inspired by Nino's OWL project from mm. the year before. Oh, okay. Honestly. So
0: Nino, uh, who will be episode four.
1: Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. Who I haven't met in person yet, okay. but we have had a lot of correspondence, especially over last year. It's one mm. definitely one of those emotional supporters, mm-hmm. as were you. But mm-hmm. we'll talk about you later. Sure. <laughs> um, so I went in and took a look at what they were planning to do. Um, initially, the build was going to be around... 10 to 12 feet tall. uh, Go
0: ahead. I I think um, just starting with, I think a a really good part of the story is just that whole narrative. I mean, you've you've kind of put some of the pieces together, but you Mm -hmm. didn't tell it really narratively. Mm -hmm. So Dot the dog's a dog. She's a dog. Right. And so then that's starting with that Mm -hmm. and then how he has this idea because Dot has some sort of medical condition do i recall
1: uh she doesn't she's just a very uh rambunctious oh she's
0: just very rambunctious very okay. rambunctious
1: that's why they call her dorothy the destroyer Got it. so yeah. he
0: wanted to he, he wanted to make a sculpture he did for for her for her
1: yeah it was his first time coming to burning man and he fell in love like a oh, lot of us his do name? what's his name i'm gonna have to i'll add that later okay okay <laughs> right um uh, like a lot of us do, you get very inspired. Right. You come back going to have an experience the first time, and then you come back wanting to contribute something, right? And, and
0: you have no idea... Yeah. yeah, and and the great thing about your second year is you don't know your limits right. because you've never done anything. So exactly. you, the sky, you're just like I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna build the temple exactly <laughs> gonna, exactly the I very wanna, next year. I've very never next built year. anything <laughs> exactly. But
1: I'm gonna go for it.
0: Right. So it was this for his second year. He wanted yeah. to build a sculpture f- for his dog. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: wanted to build something right. in honor of of Dot. Right. And um, like I said, unfortunately, he tragically was he was in an accident and he passed away right within a, a month of that burning man right um, so his friends decided to take up that cause for him and this time it wasn't necessarily a dedication to dot even though it is and that turned into a, a bigger narrative around pets um, it was really in in dedication to their friend and one of the struggles with building a large-scale project, Dot ended up being almost 20 feet tall, which was quite grand, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is funding your projects for Burning Man. Right. Uh, they approached right. too late for us to do an honorarium. Oh. I got approached uh, February of 2018. Okay. And so we had to move really quickly and figure out how are we going what are we going to build? Right. How are we going to build it? Who's going to build it? Right. And how are we going to pay for it? Because right. it does come down to that. Right. And that was almost 100% funded by the friends and family Mm -hmm. of her owner. Mm -hmm. Um, We reached out through uh, donation programs, and people were extremely enthusiastic about getting to have this memorial for him. Um, And it it was very touching, and that's a really... What it shows is that when you're, when you're that loved by your friends and family, people will step forward like that. Mm-hmm. And Dot, it's not just a dog, it's not just a bunch of wood that we burned. She had a, a heart right. to her. It was a heart project, right. really. And the whole crew that came around, you know, came together around it was there for the purpose. And not just to go to Burning Man. Although we did get to go to Burning Man. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. That's a bonus. Right? Yeah. So we went through, you know, this learning about Dot. and then it became a job. Mm-hmm. You know, in so much as I now I needed to see what they thought they wanted, and discover what she really should be. Right. And. Um,
0: because I mean, one would think typically, you know, in this narrative, typically. The you know someone has to be the champion. Yeah. Someone has to lead the battle cry of making this thing. And so normally that would be the person who had the vision Mm -hmm. for the piece. Mm -hmm. And so now they're coming to you saying we want you to be the champion for this piece. Yeah. And that's a I mean not just from a you know technical standpoint of Mm -hmm. you know being the producer I would call that being the producer exactly. um, But. Than the emotional, mm-hmm. you have to carry a lot of the emotional baggage with it. So you're, you're plugging into not just this technical challenge, but this exactly. emotional challenge. Exactly. And I think it's really, um, I think one of the things that, that Burning Man really tries to promote, even when you do get an honorarium, they only give you 50%. Right. Because they really want for the artists to learn how to engage right. with the community and for it to, that heart you're talking about yeah. that um, many people support it Mm -hmm. and it's not just like them handing out a check and then you just making it it's how can we create a community around it exactly that's a that's a great important story about the piece
1: the team around dot is it it's it's hard to define because there's so many people involved and so many people that i will probably never meet or communicate with because a lot of his family are in the uk and we also had the benefit of the camp being at Burning Man. A lot of people came in just because we were building DOT. Right. But there's so many people out in the world that contributed in their own way. you know, And that is, is, is as important as a person who is wrenching on the project. Right. you know, Because we need all those parts to come together. It's putting together a project of that size as a puzzle and you can't complete it without every piece fitting into place. Right. You know.
0: Every single And that's every single one of bit. the thrills of building a Burning Man being that yeah. you have to bring every single puzzle piece with you. Exactly. And if you're missing one, you're really screwed. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, and that includes, you know, tools, yeah, the pieces, the people, the support, all of it, you know. Mm. Um so from there, it was about exploring what she could be or what she should be. And we went through design rounds. Um, I had one architect, my friend Joffrey, who I really wanted to work with, who had kind of came up with the initial um, horizontal lines of, the, of what she ended up looking like. We mm-hmm. wanted to maintain, to have Dot be integrated with the surroundings of Burning Man mm-hmm. and not just be um, a wood... Covered uh, project. We wanted her to you to be able to see the mountains off Mm -hmm. into the sunsets and the Mm -hmm. sunrises, and the way that we I chose to place her when we got there for placement, looking not at the man. A lot of people thought she should. Jesus really wanted her to look at the man, (laughs) but he wasn't there when we were at placement. So I pointed her towards the city because I wanted her to be looking. For the people. Right. As your dog does.
0: And as you're coming from the city, she was looking she's waiting for you. Yeah,
1: she was and Uh. with her uh, her lights that lit up her eyes, Mm -hmm. you could see her from the city. As soon as you got onto the Esplanade, you could see her standing there waiting and her big red heart blowing in her chest. It was, you know, very touching. I enjoyed that. And jumping up a little ahead yeah. but going out on some friends' art cars and just being very far away and still being able to go there she is yeah there's our dog she's such a good girl waiting <laughs> for us
0: Well and an amazing thing about um, you know lighting at mm-hmm. burning Man that like just an LED mm-hmm. in that darkness mm-hmm. you can see if it's by itself you can yeah. see it clear across the playa. And it's really staggering. If you know what to look for, you're like, oh, there it is way over there. It's just like this one thing. And you get up next to it and you're like, it's just one light bulb. Uh It's like, great. But you know, in that environment, it's, it's amazing.
1: And the beautiful, really subtle thing about, uh, dots lighting is that, you know, she had perimeter lights, like everybody has to have safety perimeter lights, but she had a heart sculpture in her chest. And because of the open construction, you could see that, and then my friend Rebecca, who lives right across the way from me at the brewery, uh, works in lighting design mm-hmm. and theater. And so she was able to source us these really great cans that just shone all the way across the playa. It was it was. Just that little touch of light. Mm -hmm. And we got them as close to Dot's Amber's eyes as we could (laughs) because that was important that it really looks like her. Oh, that's awesome. You know, that's awesome. Um,
0: So, design phase, right? So, so,
1: uh, my friend Joffrey was helping me. Um, He had kind of moved. He's another. So, I have several friends who are graduates of Mm SciArc, which is, I have a huge admiration for graduates of SciArc because. Uh, the people that kind of go into our realm w- creating large-scale art you need architects they're integral and these folks that I know are very interested in in playing with architecture and art mm-hmm. you know there's some architects that go into building design or mm-hmm. you know landscape roads whatever but these uh, folks that I've worked with over the years are very much into playing in the art world and it it's really great to be able to communicate because they have good vision, but they also understand structural integrity.
0: <laughs> it's that yeah. balance. It's yeah. that balance, and yeah. so you know the the team always ends up being you have like artist, architect, engineer. Exactly, and it's it's a dance where all three of them have yeah. to have yeah. you know you have to have great communication between the three to make that vision come come together.
1: Exactly. Um, so I was working with Joffrey. He did some of the initial ideas and renderings, and then he had to move away from the project for work and personal reasons and I had started reaching out to someone else and then I finally came back around and decided to reach out to Jesus who also lives at the brewery who I've worked with on several projects uh, for Poetokinetics over the years. He's a friend of mine and in, in my mind I hesitated because in my, in my view he's a very busy person. He works a lot And I was afraid that he wouldn't be able to take it on, and then I would be heartbroken because I really did want to work with him. And I got very lucky that as soon as I went over and talked to him about it, told him what the vision was, what I wanted to do, and and how much work it was going to be, um, he was 100% in from day one. And not only did he complete the design, he worked with the engineers, he spec'd out every piece of hardware that we needed with the help of the engineers. He went to every meeting that we had uh, when we had to take calls from Bernie Man for fire safety, whatever Mm -hmm. it was, he was there by my side. We would be sitting in my loft every day, whether it was counting nuts and bolts, Mm -hmm. (laughs) measuring out hemp rope, whatever it was, he was there 100% of the time on top of all of his other work. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, obviously, went out to the burn with us, and that's a whole another chapter of that story.
0: And the puns.
1: And the puns. He's very punny. He's the king of puns. And the
0: two of you. Yeah, we It's almost unbearable. It
1: is, but we like being unbearable. It's, it's <laughs> almost
0: kind of, unbearable. Yeah. The two of you get going. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's um, the thing that people don't. Realize about Jesus is one—he's extremely funny, right? And he's, but he's also on kind of a level of a being a shy person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so he can seem very reserved. But he's actually an incredibly incredible musician, and he whips out puns and jokes when you're not when you're not expecting it. Yeah, so it catches you off guard. And then once you get to know him better, he will just let it rip any time.
0: Constantly, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a, awesome.
1: He's a joy and extremely talented. And so the two of us decided we were the core team right. you know we took up the mantle and we went forward with the design we increased you know dot originally was positioned to me as a 10 to 12 foot project but when you have a dog kind of sitting up on its haunches mm-hmm. who's a thin a thin breed they wanted to have an area where you could walk inside of it if you go short you can't walk in <laughs> So we talked. You
0: can walk like under the yeah, chin, yeah. and that's about it. Yeah, right. it's
1: that even. Well,
0: I don't know if we have said that yeah. the the uh, eventual the design of the sculpture mm. is uh, a seated yeah, dog. Yeah, she's
1: seated with her front legs extended. Right, so she's kind of half sitting. Right, um, and so we went with the twenty foot mark for various reasons. One for engineering. Two, that's kind of where we figured we'd max out on funding, Mm -hmm. Um, but we wanted to get as tall as we could so she could have enough width. Mm -hmm. She's very small. She was 20 feet tall, which isn't really that tall when you're out at Burning Man. Um,
0: but it's really tall for people yeah. working on it. Yeah. This is something that I actually said in Rebecca's cause Rebecca's was about 20 feet tall. Yeah. There's a real ceiling at 20 yeah. feet yeah. that everything gets a lot harder exactly. when you get over 20 feet. So
1: you go over 20 feet, whether it's engineering mm-hmm. or heavy machinery, like everything gets more complex, mm-hmm. you know, wind resistance, all of that. So we figured that was just the right mark. And then she was, uh, Seven, about seven and a half feet wide and 10 feet deep, which gave us just enough, uh, between her back legs to create a little archway where you could go in and have like three or four people be able to sit inside, Mm -hmm. which was really lovely. I would go out occasionally just to check on her and see, you know, what the activity was. And you'd find people sitting inside of her, people sitting down under the front legs in the shade Mm -hmm. because shades a commodity Mm -hmm. at burning man. Mm -hmm. Um, so Jesus and I took that up and then our next job was to uh, recruit a crew.
0: So at this point yeah. so the um, the final design is mm-hmm. the the horizontal and vertical yeah. cut plywood. Is yes. that was that handed to you at the beginning? Was that no, their vision? Their
1: vision was more akin to the owl in that mm. she was the it was smaller and it was really about kind of scrap Wood covering in you know kind of a chaotic fashion. Sure, it had sure. a dog shape, right? But in my mind, as much it was more rustic. It was very rustic, right. um, but and it looked like a dog. It looked like a shaggy dog. She's not particularly shaggy, mm-hmm. except in certain areas. And it, but it didn't have kind of the. The artistic mm-hmm. vision that I would, wanted to, if I was going to take this on and guide it forward, I really wanted it to have a little bit more intention right. around the look. And I didn't, as much as we all get inspired by other designs, I didn't want it to look like anybody else's right. design. Right. And even Rebecca and I had had this conversation when she met with Jesus and I early on about uh, Joycat mm-hmm. is she really loved the the, the, the design that we use and the interior yeah. of Joycat is very similar to that. Yeah. But we really encouraged her to um, use uh, use materials on the outside to give her that difference, to yeah. give it some uniqueness. Because right. I said, well, for one, if you make if you do the same exact design, people are gonna walk up and ask you, Did you build Dot the Dog right. last year? Yeah. Because and you're gonna
0: not yeah, wanna you wanna yeah. have
1: you wanna you can be inspired or be derivative, but not to copy, even right. unintentionally. Right. It can still be mistaken for somebody else's totally vision. And so once we were handed that once my friend Joffrey kind of we had Fleshed out that vision mm-hmm. and I handed it over to Jesus. I said, This is what I really want. And once we, he did all the initial renderings, um, Jesus did once he took it over. And once we could see you know, just what that would look like, and it's one of the amazing things to have an artist who can, an architect who can do those kind of renderings, you right. realize we were making the right choice. Yeah. Um, we knew she would have a covering in certain areas because Dot has a very fluffy face and paws. Uh, that breed does. So we had to eventually come up with a treatment for that, which was where uh, Doxy comes in oh, okay. from fire and safety. Sure, sure. Um, so we started to put together our crew. Uh, one of the challenges was a lot of people that I camp with at Burning Man or have built things with uh, for other projects weren't going. Because we all have those years where you go and your friends don't go, right. and like this year, I didn't go and a bunch of my friends went. Right, so I had to kind of reach out of my comfort zone and recruit. because you have
0: a you have a, I mean, so you talked you said for a moment about mm. poetic kinetics, yeah. but just to be clear, mm-hmm. poetic kinetics is one of the kind of titans yeah. of large scale sculpture at right. Burning Man and Coachella yeah. and around the world. Yeah, and so you're in a community already that it, you know this isn't a new. No, It's new for you to be in charge of this project, but right. you're used to being part of a team yeah. that would build these sorts of things. Right. You've you got us, a lot of that experience.
1: Right. A lot of us have come together over the years, whether it's been building for Coachella. I have friends who are on the ground, builders for Golden Voice for Coachella. Um, we Worked on Patrick from Poetic Kinetics. His project's for Burning Man. I had been working with Patrick at Poetic Kinetics... Uh, for a while working on uh, the Skynets, Liquid Shard, mm-hmm. etc. Some of those projects the year before uh, DOT came around. And uh, so I, I started reaching out to the core team that I had worked with and would have definitely wanted to have with me, but a lot of people were just busy with life mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rua just had a baby mm-hmm. and friends were not going to Burning Man or they were off on their own adventures. So we had to kind of Broaden our spectrum a little bit. I did recruit um, with Jesus. The two of us working at Playetik Kinetics. Uh, we also work with Alice, who uh, works up in the office. She works in production, and so I brought her on. <laughs> One of the things Burning Man requires is that you place people in positions, right? You have to name who's going to be the Leave No Trace, who's right. going to do right. the Burn Lead right. or this or that. Perimeter,
0: so, perimeter, trace, perimeter, Burn et Lead, Build Lead, Burn build lead. Lead. Yeah.
1: And so uh, I brought Alice on and gave her the title of Leave No Trace, which felt very much underclassed for her talents. Right. Because she's in the, in the Build community uh-huh. um, and actually became very hands-on. She worked from day one until the end and was amazing. And we reached out to some of our other friends who had been around, uh, Mark and Brian, uh, Rue introduced me to Joan who came up out of Arizona. She actually drove from Arizona twice for our build weekends in LA. She has a trailer that she tows around, lives in. And then she drove that out to Burning Man with Mark and Brian in the truck with her. Um, So we had this core team, and uh, so how many
0: how many people would you say that is? It
1: was we had Jesus, Alice, Mark, and Brian, Joan, and Derek out of Reno. So there was
0: six six core people. You and six people. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, one of the challenges that we had upon arrival is that Joan, on our first build day, this is after placement, it's our first morning, getting out just to unpack the five ton and start kind of sorting ourselves out. Um, She had gotten into the cab and on the way out of the cab uh, broke her ankle. Not her ankle, but her shin. She just missed the step because, you know, it's quite a high step. And she missed the step and, and broke her shin and we ended up sending her to Rampart Medical Services, and then they sent her to Reno Hospital. And I haven't seen her in person since. Holy cow. ended up having to take her home after about a week or so. Um, So, immediately, not only was that tragic, because it just happened in a blink of an eye. Right. And
0: well, it, it saps a lot of resources. It also saps just a lot of emotion. It was it's,
1: emotional because we had to get medical out yeah, there. We're in yeah. the middle of the playa. It's yeah. build week, like yeah. Tuesday morning. Yeah. And so there's not a lot of people around right. yet. Right. So you have to go and get medical, get help, get her in to find out what, you know, what did actually happen. Cause she's a very brave lady. She just wanted to be like, Oh,
0: I'll just, be fine. It's
1: fine. It's just bruised. And I'm like, you're, you're not fine. <laughs> it's, oh my God. And it's okay to not be fine. Um, and they, they took. Incredible care of her, and got her to where she needed to be. But we were immediately down a hand, right. and because it's build week, like your other friends aren't there yet. People are building camps or their own projects, right? And we started to have to kind of put out calls for help if anybody was extra hands or right. had downtime. And we did have various people show up.
0: So also, um, I'm also yeah. just imagining that you've got um, besides those other leads we're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, you have a separate camp lead is there someone did nope. you, you okay cuz that's it's interesting cuz that's something that um I've been like uh, with Rebecca yeah. I was like you need to have a camp lead yeah. that's I mean that's been something that's happened to me of not having
1: <laughs> excuse me
0: yeah somebody who's dedicated to that
1: yeah it was it was definitely a challenge and one of the reasons we ran such a, such a small crew is you know there's financial aspects <laughs> who can take off two weeks of uh, work talk. um you know, luckily through Burning Man, we were able to provide tickets and somebody to help people get there, and we brought food. But we really did everything ourselves. We hauled up uh, in the five-ton. You know, all of dot, all of the camp, all of the shade. Um, and so when we finally arrived, Alice and I uh, went into the artery to do do placement. Right. While we left the rest of our camp in charge of getting our home set up. Right. Which had its own challenges because um, we're out in the sun. There's, you know, you're just out there waiting and with your GPS locator, getting your floof and all of that, and you come back and and we've been driving, you know, for two days straight yeah. to get there. What time? Um, what
0: time do you actually pull on to playa? Do you remember? Oh,
1: uh, it was in the wee hours. We had some delays getting out of Reno, and so we probably drove in about four in the morning
0: on Tuesday.
1: On Monday. Monday. Um, yeah, so Monday, and we all slept in our vehicles right. for a few hours because we were just too tired yeah. to yeah. do anything. Yeah. Like, if you're just going, you could stay up, set up camp, and then totally. sleep Have for the a next beer, three days. Crack, crack yeah. a beer open, right happily, up to the man. Happily, yeah. happily. Yeah. happily. Yeah, we, we all just crashed in our cars, yeah. and the sun came up, and then uh, Alice and I went straight over to get placement. Right. Um, and that was really just a really great way for her and I had to, had time to be really alone together in a long time since i hadn't been working with them professionally for a while so we just spent the day doing that and it was really nice to go in and be welcomed Mm -hmm. like when you go into art services like everyone is just so helpful so welcoming they make you feel like you're somebody Mm -hmm. (laughs) where you do a lot of festival work in certain places like the artists aren't really the focus you know you're well
0: they've got other things on their mind too and you can understand it yeah but like at burning man it's all built Around that. Like, that's the starting point for all of it. It's
1: really a unique experience to have as a large scale artist. Mm -hmm. And I feel like everyone who feels like they might want to build art at Burning Man should, because you're never going to have that experience. And to my experience so far, not like that. Not Mm -hmm. the care, the consideration Mm -hmm. from the moment you submit your application to the artist reception, Mm -hmm. you know, and even after. The staff that that works at Burning Man to support artists is above any other staff that I've worked with. The way they care for you,
0: you know. I was um, I was talking about street art the other mm-hmm. day, and somebody said um, that they didn't see any. Uh, they'd gone to Burning Man, didn't see any street art at Burning Man. And I thought about that for a second. I thought, okay, it's no street art at Burning Man. I'm like, well, there's a lot of stickers on the cafe, yeah. you know, in Center Camp, and that's street art-ish. Yep. Like, but everything gets torn down, so you're not going to see that accumulation of graffiti and things. Right. And then it occurred to me, I'm like, well, the key to street art is that it's for artists who don't have access to a platform that they use the street mm-hmm. as their gallery. Yeah. Well, Burning Man is. All that. Yeah. It's it's wide open. You could just yeah. bring stuff. You don't even have to tell no. Burning Man. You yeah. could just show up and do it. Yep. And here's a city... That not only welcomes you to use every possible surface as mm-hmm. art, but if like if I was trying to like, get a sticker on the side of a building in L.A., yeah. I'd have to bring a ladder or whatever. Right. At Burning Man, you say, "Oh, yeah, I want to put a sticker." They would. They give you the ladder. Exactly. Like it's. Exactly. It's like they give you the crane. Yeah. They give you. I mean, yeah. the it's 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 kind of incomprehensible mm-hmm. the level of support. That you get yeah, by showing up at Burning it's Man. It's
1: bar none. Of, yeah, you can't I've compare it. I've done multiple, uh, over the years, done multiple festivals and gallery shows, et etc. It's bar none. And I invite people who don't think that there's street art at Burning Man to take a walk on the back streets sometimes. One of my favorite things to do, uh, usually Thursday night is a night we call K Street Night. Mm-hmm. And what we do, we usually camp closer to 2 o'clock side on the clock. But we walk across the playa to 10 o'clock and then we walk up K street all the way back all night long and just kind of go up and down the the number the letter streets right because people will bring art And put them way out in their camp areas on the back streets and that you have to go and find it. And that's part of the journey and the magic. It's like going out to the trash fence all the way to the back end and finding something that if you just hung out on Esplanade, you would never see it. So sometimes art is not where you expect it to be at Burning Man. And that's my advice on that is that the streets are there. You just have to go walk them.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: walking. I love riding a bike, and I love being on art cars. But walking at Burning Man will give you the best view of what is really out there. Right. And I've had some of the most uh, enlightening experiences being out in those outer outer areas. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, and it's, it's to me, I I I'd say it's infinite. because no human head could contain what's going on there so it's like you can never see all of it.
1: And one of the things I love is coming home and there's so many great photographers at Burning Mm. Man and I know there's a controversy around media and things at Burning Man but you come home and you see pictures of projects that I no, I never saw. No. I could have sworn I walked all over that place. Yeah. And I come home. Some I big thing too. Some big You're like, thing. You're like How did I, I, miss that? Oh, I missed that twenty foot tall thing. <laughs> exactly. that wasn't there. I, no way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it absolutely was. Yeah. But you can't you can't experience it all. Yeah. And but you can make a an intention to go out and explore areas that are off the beaten path
0: unexpected yeah Yeah. because
1: there's the inner playa area where a lot of the art is or along the promenade it's very easy to access and it's right there in front of you but if you go out into the you know my first burning man it was just so great because out in outer ply was just so dark Mm -hmm. and you'd get out there and all of a sudden there'd just be even small things really large things that you couldn't tell were there until you got there and then walking through the streets there's just all kinds of things happening that you wouldn't know otherwise you got to get out of your neighborhood right which i'll admit is hard for me to do because i'm a lazy burner (laughs) i love sitting in my camp with my friends uh which I didn't do a lot last year Because I was with Dot all the time But the last few years before that I spent a lot of time in camp Because it's my getaway once mm-hmm, a year mm-hmm. And,
0: and you'd see your friends I'd see my friends and hang out yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. but you have to have an intention To go and seek the unseen Because yeah. there's a lot out there to be found
0: When you said, um, like, out in the dark I, I keep thinking of one night oh, was, Sorry Okay, we're okay
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: Do you have to go now? <laughs>
1: to feed the cat
0: oh god well no, the, no. the cat everybody knows only, no no the cat yeah we're talking about the dog but <laughs> yeah. the cat needs to be fed sorry about that <laughs> um uh just one of those like in deep playa in the darkness and seeing this sculpture mm-hmm. and saying, oh my God, we got to go over yeah. and see that sculpture over there. This is going to be awesome. covered in LEDs. Let's go over there. And we, we start going and we keep going and we keep going and we get to it and it's a bike yeah. laying on the oh, playa. Oh, I've seen with one like, <laughs> like, oh, we've come uh, all the way. And then yeah. we realized that that bike was laying there because there's a couch in the darkness yeah. and somebody had laid a couple of bikes down and me and my friends walk up on it. And we go, oh, it's just a bike. And then somebody goes, Scott, <laughs> and it's my friend Rocker is sitting on this on couch, couch in deep playa next to yeah. his bike. Like just th- that kind of, you can't plan that no. and you just have to wander and let it occur to you.
1: One of my favorite pictures from a few years back is we were wandering around and found a bank of old uh, salon chairs mm. that had those over the head
0: hair dryers. yeah but it yeah. had the hair dryer yeah.
1: that the ladies would yeah. sit under it and it'd sit on top of your Head like some kind of UFO, and so we just sat in these things. We just didn't even know how we got there, just sat there, pulled the thing down, like, okay, this is our life now,
0: exactly. This is what we're doing,
1: yeah. But that's part of the adventure, right? Finding things.
0: So, um, we were at uh, you getting placement, yeah.
1: So, we got placement, um, and then there was you know the negotiations about you have to choose. Which direction is this going to go? And like I said, I chose to have Dot overlooking the people mm-hmm. versus pointing at the man. Or, and the way that she faced also, um, if you had gotten out there or see some of the pictures, the sunrises and sunsets crossed over her in a really beautiful mm-hmm. way. And along with her architecture, it just she just felt like a part of the environment instead of being something, you know, making a huge statement mm-hmm. in the middle of the playa. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun. you get... And then that took a long time. And then you start setting up all your other appointments. You know, you've got to get your decomposed granite, you've got to get your earth anchors, you've got to get your truck out there. The great thing was we walked out-
0: Did you out- have cell service that year?
1: We had very little cell service, very so, little. So, so when
0: you needed those things, that yeah. was a walk back, take a bike to yeah. the artery and yeah. say, I need exactly. earth anchors. Yeah. Okay. And then wait. Yeah. And you or they no tell idea. you when to go and yeah. then you go
1: and then you wait. Yeah. It's like going to yeah. the doctor's office. Maybe you'll get seen at three and maybe it'll yeah. be four. Yeah.
0: But,
1: so yeah. Ha- and then you have to leave someone there because yeah. if one person goes back yeah. to art services, there has to be someone there in case heavy machinery or granite Rolls shows out, up. Yeah. Right. So there would be some times where I'd just be sitting there in the sun or on the back tailgate of the five ton. But that first day that we got placement and they told us to send somebody back to schedule uh, the decomposed granite because it has to go down before you can build anything. Mm -hmm. I walked about 10 feet away from the floof and got lost. (laughs) (laughs) Alice went back to schedule at, to have that meeting and schedule and I walked away and I turned around and I don't care if that thing is hot pink yep. it's only about four inches tall yep. and there's and nothing and it's gone now because there's, there's people are still building yeah. and where we were there was just nothing really around there nothing was no landmarks to, yes. yeah. and so as soon as I walked away I was completely yeah. lost yeah. Um, and
0: so for um, people who aren't familiar with it so the floof which is um, to me it's a, it's a it's actually a very emotional mm-hmm. object um, especially for a burn, because at the end of a burn, you really have no other element of the sculpture left. Yeah. But the floof is um, like a 8-inch long nail with yep. some pink plastic yeah. on it.
1: Yeah, it's like the stuff that's in your uh, plastic broom. Yeah, like, like oh yeah, bristles. like bristles, totally, yeah, like pink bristles
0: like attached to a nail, and then they drive that nail through a, a CD, a compact disc, yep. that has the name of your project.
1: And the GPS location. And the
0: GPS location on it. So that's... Yeah. That's what you go out with them. Yeah. They drive that and often yeah, get yeah. a picture with it.
1: Yeah, they had their iPad, and that's already an adventure because you're in this little art car boats, which were really cute. Right. And the gals are, they've got their iPads out, and everybody's walking in circles to try and geolocate. Find the okay GPS. <laughs> to find the right spot. And you're like, I hope this is working. Right. And then you finally get it, and then Alice and I, you know, we took a bunch of pictures of us hammering in, in that because that was like, that was the spark. That was like mm-hmm. having your own golden spike moment which is you know setting the path forward and it was a very emotional moment and i have that hanging on my wall above my in my studio or where i sit and do my work because it just reminds me of what a great moment that was like we actually are here we're yeah. actually doing this hopefully in the next four days <laughs> Yeah,
0: and that 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 floof become to me yeah. like there aren't you know you you only get it yeah you know you have that floof yep like you only get it if yeah. you're the one when doing came, that project when
1: it came to uh, the point where it was going to get covered, we, we took it out immediately. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I put it in my cam, yep, like yep. in my bag. <laughs> like, no, it's <that's>
0: an important <laughs> this thing. This mine.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now it sits above my computer station where I do my uh, photo editing and whatnot. It's just there with other mementos yep. to remind me of that moment. Yeah.
0: No, it's an important moment. Yes. Okay. So you get placement. Um, you're, you got to unload the truck. You got uh, yeah. decomposed granite, which we yeah. um, decomposed granite goes down on the playa.
1: Yeah. So when you have a burn project, there's a lot of uh, safety requirements. Uh, there's requirements for your build already because uh, the architecture and the rigging has to resist 100 miles per hour, 100 mile per hour wind resistance. So there's all that. But then if you're going to burn something, because Burning Man is a leave no trace event. Uh, We want to avoid scarification of the desert floor, uh, if all possible. And so the way they do that is by bringing out, and you have to calculate. They give you this really great calculation, which I'm not good at math, but hopefully I'm (laughs) (laughs) hoping I do it right. But what they do, thankfully, is they, they give you kind of a rough number, and then you go back, and the guys come out, and they recalculate for you on the site. And then they order up your loads of decomposed granite and then the bucket comes over and dumps it and we spread it out um, so that when you do burn your project at the end, whenever that happens, um, we're tasked with cleaning the site. We take all, we took all the ashes, all the metal, and then any decomposed granite that's left, uh, services come out and scrape that up and it does not mar the playa. Uh, it's just a way for the Earth Guardians, one, not have to deal with it, and two, we're not leaving something behind that is damaging to that protected land. So that's the start of it. Right. And it's really
0: So Everything has to go on top of that. That has to go down first.
1: That's the start. And you have to spread it all the way out to your perimeter. And then... Because
0: if the piece falls over and it's on fire, there has to be decomposed granite on it. So as tall as your piece is, the granite has to go away from it. Yeah.
1: And with the way she was structured, when she burnt, her head uh, did fall forward away from the body. Mm -hmm. So luckily we had enough... Um, to cover all of that. And then it became like my Zen garden. Sometimes I would go out there with a metal rake and just kind of walk in circles. (laughs) We were just kind of trying to de-stress. And so Jesus and I, we would just kind of take turns sometimes just raking the decomposed granite. That's awesome. It's also funny that playa, uh, when there's wind, playa settles on it strangely. Like it butts up against it and makes little berms. And so it's a really interesting material um, that 's used in a lot of different processes, but that's that 's the first step marking your perimeter, having your the center of your project marked, and then getting that granite down mm-hmm. and Then the next day we brought out or later that day Tuesday, we brought out the truck, and we had in town built her front legs and her head, which is an interesting story is that we wanted to have these build days because while Jesus and I knew some of the build crew, and some of the build crew knew each other, we had some people that hadn't interacted with us before. So this was an opportunity for us to have some team building, to get hands-on, and also proof of concept. We had <laughs> Does this work, this amazing, <laughs> amazing design in
0: this computer. <laughs> yeah,
1: so it's very simplistic to say that she is horizontal and uprights, but there also was some complicated architecture because you're looking at a dog's head that's facing forward, like through the neck and things. So we decided to have a couple build days.
0: Is this at a bunch of sugar? Is this no?
1: It was out at I think they call it the Art Car Lot or something out in Pasadena.
0: Oh, it was the same place. The that same place. Rebecca yeah. did. Yeah, okay. I referred her yeah. to them. Got it.
1: Um, so uh, about a week before, uh, Jesus and my friend Roscoe, we went out and picked up our her. She's all um, uh, routed, right. machine routed, fifty three sheets of plywood is exactly what it took to create her. And so we picked that up, put it into a box truck, took it over, pulled it all out sheet by sheet. Um, And then the next weekend we had our crew come out to meet each other. And then we figured we'd just build her head. We wanted to not build all of it in town. One, because the more you have to transport, the more expensive it is. More trucks we would need or bigger trucks. And two... I didn't want to not build it at Burning Man. Mm. I knew it was going to be hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I wanted to have that full experience of, we're going to build this right. at Burning Man. Right. That's what it is. Right. I didn't want to ship pieces and then just go and put Assemble. it together. Right, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really, stack
0: one on top of the other. Yeah. yeah.
1: so we got together, meet and greet, we're having some, you know, food together and it was like, okay, so we separated out all the sections and which is really great. Part of Jesus's design is that everything was etched with a one B three Z 20, whatever mm-hmm. it was. So we kind of made piles and separated out all the pieces and decided we're going to build the head and we'll see how that goes with well, the way her head is constructed. Is it's two halves from nose to back. Mm-hmm. And so, we built one half, and then we built the other half, and it was like 10 a.m. No. It, it went together so easy because it was just between yeah. the way, his design, mm-hmm. the acumen of the people who were there, mm-hmm. and the support we had. And we had friends. Part of the recognizing people is not only did we have the crew that built it there, but we had people who couldn't go to Burning Man mm-hmm. or were going to Burning Man to do other things, come by to bring us donuts snacks, throw down some hands to help build things. I had two friends come in and uh, document. My friend Ben brought uh, did some time lapse of us building, awesome. which was really cute. Awesome. And then Grant Palmer, who volunteered to be our official photographer, not only for the build weekends, but also at Burning Man. Awesome. So we had a lot of great documentation of the process. But we built the head so quickly. We had lunch, and we said, well, <laughs> let's build a leg. The, See how that goes. The front legs are basically circular pieces and uprights. Right. So within the next couple hours, we built two legs. And then we had to stop ourselves.
0: Right. You're like the, we're going to be done.
1: Well, not just that, but the rest of her is the wider areas. Right.
0: And you need space for that. Yeah. yeah. And
1: so being, you know, uh, almost eight feet wide, that would have started to present challenges. For
0: getting in the truck.
1: Getting in a truck or a yeah. flatbed or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. we are so we decided to stop there. <laughs> Um, and what we did next was separate all the areas. Again, there's big curving cause she's a dog. There's big curvy areas. And so we started doing left piles of left and right, just lower lower and upper. And then it was by letter and then it was by number. And then we bundled everything. So what we figured we did, we would do with the rest of our time in town is just prepare ourselves as much as possible so that when we got there, we didn't have, 500 pieces of wood where's a
0: 37 where is a exactly 37?
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> um so fast forward to being out there we were able to and this was uh i'm going to mention my friend rue a few times mm-hmm. on different levels in this is part of her advice was make sure you're organized mm-hmm. she's a very organized mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. uh and And make sure you strap everything down. Mm. So one of the first things we did when we were unloading the truck is separated out by front, left, right, back, left, right. And uh, covered everything with tarps. Ratchet strapped everything to rebar to make sure nothing blew away because they're light bundles. And we were afraid that if there was a windstorm, we'd have pieces skating all over the playa. Because you can only build so much at once. And so the first thing was just about organizing, getting ourselves prepared. And, um, and then the, you know, then we start, then you start laying down her base plates, you know, which are the front paws and the area where she's sitting, the floor of her. And that was pretty dramatic. Cause you're like, okay, here's the next step of we're doing this. Yeah. It's becoming a thing. Her head is sitting over there. Her legs are sitting over there and all of her pieces are around us and we're really doing it.
0: And there's kind of like no turning back, right? You, mm-hmm. It's one of these, um, when you start putting those pieces down, mm-hmm. it's like, well, as soon as we start building on it, it's gonna be a real pain in the ass to like undo yep. this. So we're yeah. now pointed in this direction, yep. and we're now putting the foot on the gas pedal, exactly. and we're going. And we're
1: only going up.
0: Exactly, <laughs> it's and, it's, and it's only- we're not going to take it apart. To, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. So uh, the next step was, you know, just starting to lay down the first layers, but also plotting, you know, the the structural integrity of it. Getting our Lag bolts in, mm-hmm. starting to understand. We had to have the earth anchors come out. So once your decomposed granite is in, you have to stick your little flags in the dirt where the, the earth anchors are going to go, that they bring out their machinery and do it for you. And so there was a lot of measuring and measuring again and walking steps <laughs> and making sure. Because once those are in, like yep. you can't take them out and move them. Yep. Somebody would have to come and do that for you. Um, and those rigging points with the earth anchors are what keeps her from falling down or floating away, right. you know, if there's wind. And I have to mention Rue again because Rue is my go-to rigging expert in my life. And she wasn't going to Burning Man, uh, regrettably. She's worked with heavy machinery. She's worked on large-scale projects.
0: For Burning Man. For Burning Man.
1: She, Burning she Man. actually works yes. for
0: DPW. Exactly. And she, she's, she actually, um, as a note, when, uh, when we were building Church Trap here, mm-hmm. um, Burning Man knew that we were going to do a lift to put it up on the stick. Mm-hmm. And so we were going to have this big lift day and Burning Man was very concerned about the safety elements of that. And so they said, well, we're going to choose a person to come and, uh, you know, oversee that lift for you. And I was like, okay, who is this person you're going to choose? And it was Rue. I was of like, course. oh, well, yeah. well, thank goodness <laughs> <Literally> <laughs> for me. Cause Rue and I actually, so she's a grip. You guys go so back and a we, yeah, Rue and I go way back, but yes, she's yeah. amazing. And, yeah so plugged in mm-hmm. and so knowledgeable and
1: Yeah, she was she would have been one of my first choices as far as a build lead, a rigor lead, um if she couldn't come with me, at least if she had been in heavy machinery, I'd have that comfort of knowing I could run over there and cry but, on her shoulder or carry some favor. Something. Yeah. Um, right before I left, she sent me a list of names. Like, if you really get into trouble, these are the people right. <laughs> to call on. We never had to because the support that we got was so great. Um, it's
0: always good. I think it's always good to have that, like, fear.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That
0: concern yes. because it is such a tight schedule. Yeah. There are so many things that can go wrong Yeah, that it's like, but then they have such great resources.
1: Yeah. And I really was, we had been running bets, the crew on how quickly we would get her up because the first parts we did, we did the easy parts at home.
0: Right. Right. But
1: we're like, how, how many days do we think this is? And we tried to kind of parse it out. My goal was always uh, Sunday at sunset, like just as gates were opening, Like turning on that was that was my goal. Sure, some some folks thought we'd be done on Thursday, etc. But because of our challenges with having a crew member down, getting a slightly later start than we expected, Um, and then I think it was Sunday is when we got 60 mile per hour winds and everything got shut down. The gate got shut down. Heavy machinery got shut down. We had to abandon ship. We Mm -hmm. threw everybody and everything in the five ton and drove back to camp as safely as we could Mm -hmm. because it was absolutely brutal and her head wasn't on yet.
0: Mm -hmm. We had Sunday.
1: Yeah, this is Sunday. The lights were in her head, but we hadn't got them working yet. Her head was on the ground still. Um, and so, well-laid plans, but you also have to understand that in that environment, things are going to happen beyond your control. I couldn't control that one of my crew got hurt and mm-hmm. had to leave. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I can't control the weather. Mm-hmm. But the well,
0: and the, good, the good news about yeah. the, the weather issue is that impacts everybody across the board yeah. equally. Yeah. So like you said, the gate, yeah. like actual city Shut components yeah. are shutting down yep. because of that weather. So it's yeah. like everybody's timeline it's gets extremely pushed from that. dangerous. Yeah, exactly. And, and
1: it makes total sense and you can't control it. Yeah what you can control is your level of preparedness <laughs> <laughs> uh, or you can try, you can try. And, I, and we i feel like we did our best uh going back to the build process and trying to understand best practices for rigging and what i needed to have on hand what all the way down to nuts bolts mm-hmm. you know eye bolts what kind of cabling to mm-hmm. buy etc um you know our Our engineer was great and Jesus was great. Rue, I would go over to her house in the evening and one, let all my stress out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is very good at helping with that. And then two, you know, saying, okay, this is my situation, you know, where should these rigging points be in your opinion or what should I get in your opinion? And she would help me source pieces and Mm -hmm. give advice and, um, was really that extra level of support, even though she wasn't going to be there, she gave me all that she could before I left and that it made me feel much more confident and I will say one of the challenges also was that we did not have a rigor on our staff we didn't I knew the process (laughs) but it's not something that I would have ever done because I've always had someone like Rue around to do that or someone else and uh, when it came time for that a couple of my crewmates tried attempted (laughs) and kind of didn't do it the way that it should be done. Mm. It wasn't going to work. And uh, strangely enough, out of the dust, this guy was walking up.
0: <laughs> what day was this?
1: Uh, this had to be Thursday or Friday, mm. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's this guy who's an integral part of the story <laughs> who happens to be sitting right next to me. Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> this is Scott here. Hey. A hey. Uh Scott's name was given to me as uh, when I started to reach out for support for people who had built at Burning Man. And because Nino's project had been such a source of inspiration, he was one of the first people that I reached out to.
0: I was the build lead on Nino's Mukuro the, the, year, before the year before Dot. The yeah. year
1: before Dot. And then uh, Nino and others said, well, the person that you really need to speak to is, is Scott. And you need to get him on your side. And he's doing mentoring for people who are building art at Burning Man. And I was like, wow, that's great. I don't have any idea who this person is. Which was interesting because over that year, I suddenly realized your name was popping up in my world. Because you're an artist and you show at Brewery Art Walk and other galleries where I've come and gone from. And suddenly it's one of those things where something comes into your Realm and you start to recognize it more and more. And I'm like, this guy, is Scott Froschauer, his name is all over the place all of a sudden. <laughs> I didn't even know who he was six months ago.
0: Well, and we had, yeah. um, like, the perfect example was, uh, was it 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. the space yeah. the astronaut at mm-hmm. Coachella. Yeah. You were building the astronaut. I was yep. building cryochrome. So yep. we, we've been, we'd been, yeah, we've seen each other. We've and certainly seen each other.
1: Scott Peterson. Uh, uh, James Peterson. James Peterson, sorry. Yeah. We've worked on, we've both worked on his Projects at certain times. Right,
0: exactly. So we've seen each other, but we just didn't know each other. Didn't
1: know. And I have to give you, I know that you know this, but I have to give you so much appreciation. Like, I can never speak it out to its fullest potential that not only were you absolutely willing to mentor me, that you took every call, every text, every email (laughs) when I was panicking because my, you know, one of the things that I did is I need, when I work on a project, I need to know everything about it. And so One of the first things I did was download the massive PDF, thank you, Burning Man, organization of the application, which is quite an intense application. And I must have printed that a dozen times and filled it out over and over again and refined it. And when I finally came the day to submit it and the system went down <laughs> and I was so afraid that I had done all this work and I was going to let everybody down because it wasn't going to get going on time. And you were take, You took my panic calls with as much calmness as you did walking through the dust. And I walk over with a tool and say, I need you to swage these freaking points because nobody here knows how to do that. Well, my, my- Favorite
0: part of it was, um, yeah, we've got this quarter-inch aircraft cable and these ferrules, and we've only brought, let's say, twenty ferrules, and we've gone through eight of them. So all we have, and we've ruined those, and we have like twelve left, and those twelve we didn't do because we need those twelve, and they have to work. Do you know how to do this? I was like, go back to what you're doing. I'll, I'll handle this. And I
1: knew that you did, but also. Up to that point, we had never met had never face met. to face. No, we'd never met. And somehow, I knew as when you walked site. up that it was you. And right. it was like, oh, <laughs> here comes my saving grace right now. And not only had you just finished putting up your art project,
0: right? Because I, I had a, I had my own installation that you year. Had
1: your own installation, and we
0: were close. That yeah. was one of the cool things. Was yeah. I put my piece up, and I just looked around. I'm like, oh, there's the dog. Yeah, we're heading over there.
1: Not only did you put up your own installation, once you heard my cry for help, <laughs> you came back and you did it. You did all of it, and and that is one of the beautiful things that happens around Burning Man and people like yourself is that everyone is so giving, and it's the communal support, mm-hmm. you know, at really activating. Mm-hmm. Because if we didn't, if you hadn't been there, we would have had to start just calling and walking up and down the streets and finding someone to do it because we didn't have the enough knowledge to do it ourselves. And so if you're doing any kind of rigging like that, get yourself a rigger. (laughs) I can recommend a few because that's so important. It's so important. And it was that one missing key for us.
0: Well, it's amazing that that every single piece of the puzzle has to come together.
1: Yeah. And, you
0: know, especially out there, you know, you were talking about the um, design for 100 mile an hour winds, that it's an incredibly dangerous you yeah. know, everything that you're doing out there is incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Not just from getting out of the truck. Mm-hmm. Getting out of the truck is incredibly yeah. dangerous. Yeah. And then there's the stuff that's actually like trying to kill you, like the wind. Exactly. It's like, you know, so many opportunities. The
1: wind, the hours in the sun. The heat, yeah. The heat, the yeah. dehydration, trying yeah. to eat. I didn't shower for like the first five days. Sure. You well, know, and
0: eating like I, yeah, I mean, I, the years that I've done large builds, like I will lose like twenty pounds. Oh yeah,
1: I came back having dropped twenty pounds yeah. easily. No,
0: it's, it's crazy because you just you're just not even interested in eating. You're no. just like, oh right, I'm supposed to eat at some yeah. point. Yeah, like,
1: yeah. I have yeah. some great pictures of the crew sitting in camp, just looking so exhausted and just trying to feed ourselves. <laughs> right. And you're just trying to be human. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's the, most, the biggest challenge: is to still be a human being <laughs> yeah. and. Built and and the thing is people need to remember you're you're not just building this for yourself, you're building it one, the purpose of the project, and then 80,000 people. It's a, it's, it's a gift. It's a gift. a gift to the, to the community. community. Yeah. And you know, so going on with the build is, you know, we built her lower body was about as tall as I you know, it was about six to eight feet tall. It's about the first half of her height wise. And then the the next section up uh, up to her neck was built on the ground and then her head is on the ground. So she's basically in three pieces by uh Friday or Saturday. So you get then you have to go back to art services and schedule heavy machinery. That's your next adventure because we had to have a forklift um and uh a and a, no we had a bucket.
0: Uh okay.
1: Yeah. Um not a scissor lift but a, a regular lift. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, an aerial lift. Yeah.
1: Because her pieces are so long, front yeah. to back. You can't just lift it with with forks, you know. And one of the things we had to do is, once the piece is in place, you have to place it right on top of the bolts that are sticking up, and then go around and wrench. Mm-hmm. So the next, the middle section, we could kind of do that from the ground. Right. When it came to her head and neck, that's where things got more complicated because now you're, you've got to get your lift the head up on top of her neck. And so we had heavy machinery two days in a row, luckily, um, so that we could get the two-thirds of her done and then the last was the head on top of the neck. And I was up in that bucket with my driver for hours mm-hmm. because once you get up there, it's just such a fine positioning and sliding it into place, getting it onto the bolts. And then we, at one point, we were at the back of her head just hitting her with our feet, like basically pounding her into place. Because it's such a tight and
0: it's precision. Fine, it's This is all computer design exactly. stuff, so it lines up like yeah. just perfectly. Yeah. yeah, and you
1: have to remember that plywood, even three, three quarter inch plywood, is kind of change.
0: Yeah, heat, yeah. sun,
1: Expansion. cold. Yeah, yeah. So you know, luckily, uh, she went up without any issues. Our delays were, you know, that Sunday when we wanted to have her up was uh, the wind issue. Yeah. And
0: a little and a moment about those people who come out mm-hmm. with that heavy equipment. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're, you said you're in there like in this lift with this driver yeah. and like they're, and they're helping you, their skill level yeah. and their enthusiasm yeah. and they're, they're part of your team. Yeah. They show up and they're super into it. They're oh, yeah. not just somebody who's working they're No,
1: They're not just, these are usually volunteers as well. They're not, some are paid, some are not, it doesn't matter, but they're not there just to drive a piece of equipment across the playa like we're both pulling and wrenching and kicking and mm-hmm. pounding things into place like they're and they're
0: suggesting things yeah that, i mean and they're they, a and participant they're keeping you
1: safe yeah they're keeping the project right. safe yeah. you've got all your people are underneath working yeah. still
0: because a lot of times you're a little you know frustrated or oh, panicked yeah. Yeah. and they're this kind of voice of reason saying yep. okay we're going to we're going to do this this way because we're being a little unsafe right now so yeah. they become the voice of reason on top of it
1: And you're in your mind you're so deep into the process yeah. of what you think should happen and then you have this person who's with fresh eyes yeah. and is an expert in what they're doing come on and redirect you in a very kind way
0: <laughs> Right they're good at that
1: Yes very good very yeah. enthusiastic Yeah um uh, I want to back up a little bit on as far as design goes. So I mentioned that Dot is a very shaggy dog on her face and paws. Uh, we struggled throughout the year of trying to figure out what we were going to do to give her some kind of fur mm-hmm. aspect. Because she couldn't just be all open. Would you know It just wouldn't look like her. It would look like any dog. Right. In fact, without what we ended up doing, people would walk up and go, oh, is it a Labrador? Is it a this? Is mm-hmm. it a that? Because... Mm-hmm. It just was a generic dog shape until we added the fur. And what I thought I was gonna do was some very thin, like Luan style wood, something thin, something that we could kind of make look raggedy, because she's very fluffy looking. Mm -hmm. And that's not, you can't use that at Burning Man. One, it's uh, because one, it'll break off in the wind and fly around and create what we call moop, which is matter out of place. And two, when you're burning it, it's going to fly off, and became, that can be dangerous. So we had to. So really the, the
0: heat from the fire actually the smaller yeah. pieces; it'll lift it up. Yeah. So you have these little flaming bits that'll go out into the yes. crowd.
1: Yeah. So, so
0: what's the and it's so half inch? Was that the? Yeah. Back then? Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. We had to do three quarter inch.
0: Three quarter inch plywood. Was, it was the, it yeah. was the thinnest to yeah. make sure that you wouldn't get that right. airborne.
1: Right. And so chunks. that wouldn't work for the three quarter inch plywood would have just looked chunky. There's no way to process it to get the look that you wanted. Um, and Doxy, who's on fire and safety, she and I had been emailing back and forth about our fire plans, safety plans, et cetera. And so she finally called me out on it and said, so what are you doing? Because in this picture, so this is what it looks like. And it, I don't know what it is.
0: And it's important to know what it is because if you're going to burn this piece, yeah. then you have, to, you have to dictate and they have to approve it.
1: Yes. So we, I told her what I was thinking. She's like, well, no, absolutely not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they say that. And
1: she's very good at being very straightforward, which I love that about her. She's yep. become a friend and I'm very grateful for that. Um, She actually made a suggestion of using hemp rope. Um, Because we had had people suggest rattan, which is absolutely a no. It's too thin. It's coated. You also can't use things that have glues. And, you know, you want to be as environmentally conscious as you can. There's certain rules around that. Like you're not not
0: paint. Yeah. You can't paint
1: anything. You can't use press board, anything that's glued together. Um, So she was the one who suggested hemp rope. And I was lucky to find... Uh, someone not far from where I live in the brewery, actually in Eagle Rock, uh, a few miles away, a company that had been there since 1950. It's a family-owned business. You drive by, it looks like a, a very old apartment building. It's a very small place. And you go inside and they do heavy rigging stuff. They, they sell huge chain rope and hemp rope for like naval ships but you would never know from the outside. I looked this guy. I just did a Google search, found him, gave him a call, told him what I was looking for. He's like, sure, come on down. And I walked in and there's this just a table <laughs> with all these bits of different kinds of rigging materials. And he said, what are you looking for? And I said, well, hemp rope. I need, I'm not sure what gauge I want. So he's like, well, you know what? I'm going to go in the back and get you some samples. And he gave me a sample of... Quarter inch, half inch, one inch, one and a half inch, two inch. And I went home with all these lengths of hemp rope. um, And we went home and rigged up my barbecue grill. And we took video because we weren't sure. We knew we were going to cut it, but we didn't know if we... It's very dense Mm -hmm. hemp rope um, when they make it for that kind of structural integrity. So we didn't know if we were going to fray the edges or leave it more intact. So we did all these videos for Doxie where it's like, and here's one inch hemp. And some of them we frayed and some of them we didn't. And we lit them on fire and we took video to do tests. Right. And it turned out that the uh I think we ended up doing two inch gauge, mm-hmm. twenty five hundred feet, which I crammed into the back of my car and we cut on bandsaws at my house.
0: Twenty five hundred feet? Yeah. Is that yeah. like a set? Is that like a...
1: It was our guesstimate of how, how much, much it, it would take, take for what we wanted to do. Wow. And so uh, a couple of the guys, Derek and um, and Mark, and then they would come over and just sit at a table with a bandsaw and just cut two lengths. foot lengths. Right. Yeah. We didn't have a, like, uh, you know, we didn't care whether some were shorter or longer, but they it all had to be cut. About and these were massive length. rolls. Right. And so we cut all of them and bagged it and took it with us. And one opportunity that it gave the camp, TBC, mm-hmm. is that they came out to the build site and they wanted to help in some kind of way to be hands-on. The building part we had covered, but we were kind of running out of time and there was still this kind of decor level that none of us had had time to even think about. Mm-hmm. We've got these huge bags of all these cut pieces of hemp rope. Luckily, I brought... Tons of drills and screw guns, and I still have hardware <laughs> left over oh, yeah. from DOT. And we just handed them a bunch of screw guns.
0: So it's screwed on to the wood. It screws. Yeah, so you screwed through the rope. Through into the rope the, directly yeah.
1: into the three-quarter inch plywood, yeah. and uh, they did her head first, and they were extremely enthusiastic. So that head went from something that you and I could probably pick up to being like 250 pounds, which we weren't expecting because the rope is really heavy. heavy. Yeah, but they were so. Was it in place? It
0: was still on the ground. It was still on the ground,
1: and they formed like a snout. And we had rigged uh, some of these lateral pieces to have to swing in the wind, and Mm. so they had hemp rope dangling from all the the ears and over her eyes. We actually had to take some off because they had covered the eye holes before we got the lights in there. And then at the end, uh, there was some left for her legs. We had hoped to have her paws, like her lower legs and her paws, kind of f- furry, but most of it went onto her head. But which looks good because if you get a chance to see uh, a picture of Dot and what they created, it looks dramatically like her. That's amazing. It's like it's amazing. It's uncanny how alike they look. And then the rest went on her front paws. And then throughout the week, there were some that were just around. And some people would take them as souvenirs. Mm. Or some little kids came up and were hanging them from the slats. And they Mm -hmm. were like little puzzle pieces that people got to interact with. That's awesome. Yeah. So they they were really great. They brought us snacks and beers. and, And they came out. And they did all of that for us. And it gave them a chance... You know, folks who'd be in their camp to, to come know. out and participate yeah. in something that you know they inspired it and they paid for it and this is a dedication to their friend and it was a memorial for them and that we can talk more about when we get to burn night mm-hmm. um, and then it was we fast forward to Monday after we all recovered from the wind storm mm-hmm. uh, Jesus and I were pretty much the only ones out there uh, towards the evening the crew had gone out during the day her head was up. Everybody went back to rest. And uh, Jesus and I were out there and doing the last of the placement of the small LEDs around the base. And we had... The other thing of with doing all that rigging and getting her, her head up is you had to make sure all the power lines for the lights and everything was going down through her legs. Like you're up 20 feet high and channeling all this uh, electrical cords down. Right when we... Uh, Turn on the generator and plug it in. His his camp came out, and uh, George George's his name. George's camp came out, and right as the sun's going down, it was very magical. They just came out to see us and see how it was going on. And
0: they got pulled, that moment. Yeah,
1: pulled the generator. Her eyes went on. The LEDs around the base went on. The heart mm. is glowing. The sun starts to set on Monday, and it was one of the most satisfying moments of the mm. whole thing. Just being there and seeing the reaction of people. And you're on display the whole time. Build Week, you have these, these girls that drive around in a little art car, the fluffers that bring you snacks. We had people, They were crying in our arms, mm. talking about their pets, mm-hmm. uh, people from art services coming by to check on you the whole time. Um, and then once people, the city starts to get populated, people coming by, and then you get to tell the story. One thing we were really clear on is that there wouldn't be anything... Written by us, except for one poster with George and Dot on it, uh, to let people know that it was a memorial project. And so we had that one picture of the two of them
0: out Do I remember? Was that in? So if you were sitting inside, is that where? It was,
1: the, it was towards the end of the okay, week. Okay, that's where I remember. You know, it seeing was, it was uh, during the week she, that was facing. So when you got inside, yeah. you were facing them. Yeah. And then we took it and turned it around and wrote Burn Night, Thursday night, on the back because <laughs> I realized people probably don't know when that's happening, except that I, I walked over to a uh, MIR at one point because we needed help with perimeter and did a little marketing spiel on the radio, which was fun, right? So, another aspect of crew and pulling people together is you have to have a perimeter. So, we're
0: going to burn night. On so, burn is, there, night. Is, there, so well, is there anything in between? So, I mean, we're you know, only at Monday. Let's, I talk know. About, so Monday. let's talk about the week.
1: Yeah, so Monday we finally get that done. I think I took the longest shower I had, in you know, since I got there Monday morning. Um, and went out that first night one of our one of our teammates Alice had never been to Burning Man before so we got to take her out on her first adventure night <laughs> we climbed up the big rainbow uh, you know the we we just showed her Burning Man all night long got on and off art cars we got had a lot of great rides and started to see more of the art we had got to see certain things kind of traversing over to art services but it's tough and back during the during yeah, the build you have, you, you zero have only, time. One, yeah, and only one yeah only one thing in on your mind you go to your from your camp to her project and we were just camped like it right inside the two o'clock side so you would go directly to her or go to art services and back again that, that was, was it. it yeah so we went out and kind of had our night on the town that night which was great to blow off a little steam mm-hmm. not worry. And then, also, like I was mentioning earlier, just be anywhere and looking back and look, there she is. Mm-hmm. there she is. She's watching over everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next couple of days were just about going out and seeing how people were interacting with it. Dot became intentionally or unintentionally uh, you know, Bernie Man, we have the temple where people go uh, oftentimes to leave something in memoriam for a lost loved one, parents, brothers, sisters, friends. Pets. I've seen some great pet
0: people drawing pet
1: memorials, and they're always really touching. And Dot became a temple for pets. And um, people were leaving all kinds of messages to their pets that either were at home waiting or had passed on. Childhood pets, pets they had just lost. you walk up and people would be crying Mm -hmm. or joking and laughing about their their stupid dog that was at home probably barking and waiting Mm for them, you know, like... Uh, some of the names of the animals. We had a parrot uh, caricature. You know, It was just really great to see how people were interacting with it. People left little dog collars. Um, I won't go too far, far forward into Burn. I'll come back. But uh, one thing that happened once we set up our perimeter is this young woman had been meaning to get her little dog's sweater into Dot uh, before the burn all week. But for some reason, she hadn't made it. And right after we closed the perimeter, she walked up, and she's tears in her eyes, and she's holding this tiny little, like, toy poodle-sized sweater, and she just really wants to put it in there. And we just stopped everything and shepherded escorted her, her in, in, escorted her in, and put it in there. But it just became this touch point for people, you know, because most people can relate in some way of how much a dog or cat or whatever you have, it becomes a companion, you know. And that's what this project was about, was a memorial for George because Dot was so important to him. And there was no better way to represent his love for everything than the one thing that he loved the most, mm-hmm. which was Dot. Um, so during the week, that's what it was. Is it was just going by, talking to people about the project, meeting and greeting, burners. Uh, Tuesday was pretty great. I, when you're going to Burning Man, we all do this, I think, is you just pack everything whether you know you're going to need it or not.
0: I might need this.
1: I might. I don't know what I'm going to do with this um, 50 feet of uh, like uh, translucent yellow chiffon stuff that I just used on another project that I happen to have. So I brought it. I don't know why. And my crew decided, because Tuesday is 2-2 Tuesday, to give Dot a 2-2. Oh, my God. It didn't reach. They gathered it and, and you know screwed it on. I don't. It didn't fit all the way around her, but when you stood on one side of her, she looked like she had her own tutu That's on. She so was So there's all these really cute, charming pictures of people in their tutus, visiting guys. She had a tutu. tutu on. so That's awesome. And that was one thing that I, they were like, we're going to do this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll be over here. I think
1: I'll be here with my Takati. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> mommy is tired. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: got, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Got, have fun. Yeah.
1: Um, so that was that was one of the highlights, and then seeing pictures because, as you know, you helped me find these things. Is that on Instagram and other sites, mm. people continue and even to this day still continue to post about projects that they found endearing, and a lot of them have dot in her tutu, which mm-hmm. is really cute. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of the next what, Tuesday and Wednesday was just going around and and seeing how people interact with your art because if you're not there, what is the point? You know, I. That's where the the payback is. Mm-hmm. It's really in seeing face-to-face and hearing the stories, getting the hugs. And one thing that people are very good at Burning Man about is gratitude. Yeah, And people just thanking you. Yeah. They're like, I'm almost dead, but thank you. Thank <laughs> exactly. you <for> that. <laughs> I appreciate Every that. Every drop of everything. Yes, yes. And how many people would just, art cars would come by and mm-hmm. people would come by and or people would, tell you that she's they saw her Mm -hmm. you know my joke when i was riding around was has anybody seen my dog (laughs) we had a megaphone my friend normal who's a burner and an incredible uh entrepreneur we needed a megaphone for perimeter she brought down her beloved Gigstil megaphone Uh and so we'd drive around like has anybody seen my dog (laughs) it was a terrible joke but
0: sounds like it was funny to us yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, exactly
1: bad comedy routine yeah um, and we got to go to the artist reception, mm-hmm. which honestly I had completely forgot about, but luckily Jesus had remembered. And so one night we, had, we were at Dot doing some work and uh, he's like, oh yeah, the artist reception is right now. Okay. So we walked directly from Dot over to the artist reception. It was a long walk. Yeah. But that was also another level of that amazing gratitude that the organization gives to you is we got to actually meet other artists who were going through the same thing Mm -hmm. we were going through and display our terrible comedy routines (laughs) (laughs) to strangers.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Amazing.
1: Sorry. (laughs) But that was fun. I mean, that was just really, it was just another level of making you feel like you did this for a purpose and you're being appreciated and here are other people doing the same thing and getting to talk to people, Uh, You know, Burning Man brings people from all around the world and getting to meet artists from Japan, China, Mm -hmm. Mexico, wherever they were from and tell their story of what they made and, you know, exchange contact information. Mm -hmm. Because now you're in this little community. And one thing that you pointed out to me that stuck with me is that no matter what, at the end of the day, you're you're still part of a very tiny community of people who have actually accomplished this thing. And we did, and, and that's something that you carry with you because no matter what challenges you're going through, I can kind of look over at a picture of Dot and go, well, but I did that.
0: <laughs> and I actually did it. Yeah, I've, I've did got two it.
1: teenagers and I built Dot, so exactly. there's
0: that. There's that.
1: Yeah, I have, I actually, one thing that Jesus and I did to prepare is we, he laser cut a scale model of Dot. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a 1 to 12 scale model and it, he was much better at putting it together than I am because the pieces <laughs> are tiny when you get to that scale. But she's 20 inches tall, and she sits on my workbench at home. Mm-hmm. And so every day I get to see her, and, and she reminds me of everything that we accomplish, and everything that everyone else accomplished. Because like I was saying, the circles are so large. Mm-hmm. There's the builders, there's the designers, the architects, people that donate, friends that come and put hands on the project, either here in L.A. or out there, and then you get your burn night.
0: Well, and then there's the people who experienced it. Yeah. the people Right. So who then there's it. this circle that's right. like this crazy circle of yeah. people who've invested their love into it and had the interaction with it. Yeah. And without, that you can't even know about.
1: Right. And without social media,
0: oh, yeah. you wouldn't even know. No, you'd you know, because you
1: wouldn't have seen all those pictures, yeah. but now you get tagged Yeah, or you, a friend sees it and you or you're like in it. an
0: article or something oh, we were on
1: a, a, some LA, uh, Uh, news station did a photo of the week she ended up on the news channel's photo of the week Yeah. yeah. out of the blue (laughs) like great you know and then you end up in articles for Vanity Fair or whatever yeah exactly Bernie Man Art of the Year right yeah so the and it's still like I said even to this day there's still she's still reverberating out in the world and that is amazing because when you do things like temporary installation art festival art things come and go really quickly Mm -hmm. You build it, and that kind of goes along with immediacy. You build it, you experience it, you burn it, or you take it home and shelve it, and then it's on to the next thing. Society has a very short attention span Mm -hmm. for that type of art. Mm -hmm. And to have her people still in my life that weren't in it before because of her, and to still have like Oliver emailing me from the UK looking for art, you know, images of her, like she's still. Living in that ethereal realm, right. you know, and that's that's, uh, it's just so beneficial to you as when you put your heart and soul into it, um, to have that coming back to you is like that's like I said that's the payback because you don't no one gets rich off of building for Burning Man <laughs> you know you put it's a lot of your, yeah. you put so much of yourself and everybody did and but what you walk away from is the experience mm-hmm. the accomplishment gratitude from people who wanted it built and people who didn't even know she was going to exist in their lives mm-hmm. and now she does
0: yeah that human connection right yeah. the, the, you can't uh, you can't plan that ahead and say oh i'm going to get human connection out of this yeah it's like you get insane human connection out of it
1: yeah yeah and it's not even something you're banking on you just it just happens, it just happens. it's integral to integral to the experience yeah that whether it's Everyone at the organization who's setting you up with the heads of departments, Mm -hmm. those people in the departments, the people you meet in in art services, to everybody you're meeting on the playa, Mm -hmm. people that walk over from another project. We had extra hardware that somebody needed, luckily, and so we went back to camp. And so now you're doing favors, and this is your new friend. Yeah. Because you're sharing this the of... they were doomed. Yeah, I And now
0: you've saved very them. Very specific size yeah. of bolts, which yeah. are
1: large, and we need eight more. Guess what? We order double of everything. Right. So have at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the people factor is something that I—it's just exponential. Mm-hmm. And and I'm very grateful for that part because being an artist sometimes can be a lonely thing. And
0: especially that build, the build yeah. time, and to me the. Um, You've got the the build, which can feel very lonely, mm-hmm. but then also even uh, during the week, you're at Burning Man, right so you're at Burning Man that mm-hmm. Tuesday, that Wednesday, yeah, but the whole time you've got the piece like yeah. on your shoulders it was like it's in, your, in not even yeah. in the back of your head, yeah it's in the front of your head. It's
1: in the front of your head, and uh, while I've helped put together some projects for Burning Man. Here in L.A., before they went to the burn, I hadn't had my hands on a project during the burn. Like I said, that's usually a, admittedly a bit of a luxury for me to go to Burning Man and not really. I help build my camp and I help feed my friends, but it's kind of my vacation every year. But uh, this year, this for this project, it's really she was all-encompassing every single day. Um,
0: yeah, that's what they are all
1: the way until I, you know, breaking down camp and leaving because <laughs> then you have two barrels full of dot ashes and <laughs> rigging that so you got to this home. stuff Yeah, because and and luckily we didn't have to take a lot of her home, but that's um, one of the benefits of having a burn project, right? But yeah, it was all encompassing, and you know, the, so we did the artist reception, and then Thursday comes. Thursday was our burn day, um, and that's a whole other day of building in ways people don't understand because to burn your project, first you have to take out all the electronics, you know, so we had to have heavy machinery come back out and we had to cut out her, her canisters and for her eyes, take out the heart because we didn't want to burn that, take out all the ground lights, so you have to go through the whole process of preparing her for burn, for burn night, and one thing that we did, we didn't want to have to buy more wood or get wood from anyone, is those 53 sheets of plywood, We kept almost 100% of all the scraps. So anything that wasn't her structure, we kept all of that. Because when we brought her out, we just stacked it. I built a a container, basically, in the five-ton, the size of a pallet, and put all of that on the pallet so that we could... 100% of her went into the project. Mm -hmm. So you have to go first, take out all the electronics, get your heavy machinery out there, uh, check in with fire and safety, make sure that's all scheduled. Uh... They had us. They had required us to have, like, 30 people on perimeter. A lot of people couldn't or didn't show, and we weren't hearing from anybody because you can't really communicate once you're out there, mm-hmm. which is why I went over to BMIR, the radio station on site, and asked. I just begged. I said, we need... Because I was really worried. They're so strict in mm-hmm. fire safety, mm-hmm. as they should be. Mm-hmm. I was really worried if I didn't have sixty hands <laughs> holding mm-hmm. hands mm-hmm. but they were gonna not let not us let do burn. it. Yeah. So we went over there and, and waited in line and got in with the DJ and put out a call and while we didn't have thirty people, miraculously not only did friends of mine show up that I knew that were scattered across the playa at different camps, we got at least a dozen volunteers that just showed up. Some people who actually go from burn to burn to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Plus you get a cool little patch mm-hmm. when you volunteer for perimeter. Um, but people just showed up. And some people walked up and they were going to watch it and were like, uh, do you need help? Are you guys good? And we're like, well, I actually need somebody to fill these three feet over here. Okay. Yeah. And that's a huge commitment because people who are on perimeter, they don't get to face the burn. They are standing as close together as they can to keep a barrier so that people don't walk too close to the project while you're setting up for the burn and when it's burning. And it's a huge safety concern. And so while you're finishing the setup, I'll roll back to that, they stand and just monitor whether people are walking in and walking out. Because while you're setting up you have to apply your fluids, all your uh, flammables, and you just can't have anybody in that area. So not only do they stand there for at least a couple hours, watching the perimeter, but then during the burn, they stand facing out to make sure nothing unsafe is going to happen. And that's huge because the reason people walk up to a burn is to watch the burn, to experience it. One of the things we did because our fire lead suggested it is we went around and broke everybody. So I would face out so that the person standing next to me and perimeter could turn around. For a minute, and see Mm -hmm. what was going on, and so we kind of made the rounds to share the experience with our with our volunteers. Yeah, Um, so Thursday, taking out electronics,
0: and so just that can't be overstated how um, how big a challenge perimeter is. It really is, and it's one of those things that um, it's really hard to know Mm -hmm. because it's hard to you know have validation that these people are going to show up.
1: Well, we have you know the thing called burning man time (laughs) you know you nobody knows what time it is or what day it is uh a friend of mine who had committed a large crew bless her heart uh she was also getting married that week on the playa and you know so (sighs) forget it and and grateful for the intention Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. absolutely grateful for the intention but we all know that things happen
0: yeah it's burning man and Even things you're trying very yeah. desperately to do, yeah. sometimes it's just, just well, it's gonna happen. Yeah. It,
1: and and thankfully, there's a lot of people who are there. You know, it's all about you know participation or observation. Mm-hmm. And people go there with intention to participate. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of uh, our friends came out to be on perimeter. But then, like I said, at least half were just people who walked up, heard either heard my call on over the radio mm-hmm. waves. Or just knew that it was scheduled and saw us setting up and came out and just offered their services. Mm -hmm. And we were just so grateful. And they were they were amazing. They were really great people. Um so getting back to setting up, it's an all-day process, pulling out the lights. And then we brought all of that scrap wood and Jesus and Sean and I just wrapped her, you know, we stuffed as much inside as we could, we wrapped her in wood. We did everything we could to to ensure that there would be a lot of burn because she was so airy. Mm-hmm. Fifty three sheets sounds like a lot, but once it's spread out over tall. twenty feet, yeah. it's not really a lot. Yeah. And we didn't. You don't want it to burn immediately. You know, the metric is around thirty minutes to fall is mm-hmm. what they what they hope that is going to happen. But we wanted there to be a good fire at the end of it, and um, and we did that. Got that all done. Uh, went back, brought out the truck because now you have to bring out fire extinguishers, your water extinguisher, which is what you point at people (laughs) (laughs) if you need to, all of our nighttime gear, you know, rakes, and then you're also committed to being there until the next morning. So you have to bring out your rakes, your shovels, your metallic uh, magnet rakes and your, uh, your barrels because The Leave No Trace and fire crew are going to stay all night long. It ended up being three of us that stayed all night long.
0: You were on the overnight?
1: I stayed on the overnight Mm. um, with Sean and my friend Fatima. And then we sent everybody else home to sleep. And then uh, Alice and Jesus and I think Mark came out the next morning and finished the cleanup. Because by then we had been up all night long. Yeah, Because part of the safety aspect is once it's fallen, once your project's fallen, and Dot... The other magical thing about the way we placed her, the wind blew through her nose to tail. Mm -hmm. So the fire looks like Mm -hmm. fur Mm -hmm. blowing off the back end of Mm -hmm. her. It's really beautiful. Um, And that was really dramatic because it burned up her chest into her neck. And then the head lost integrity and she just collapsed. And then the whole thing burnt down. But because we had added all the extra wood, we had a really beautiful fire. It was all around beautiful burn. But then you have to stay all night. One, to make sure no one walks through it because it's dark. And two, to turn over the coals all night long to make sure that it's burning because your your pieces have to burn down uh, less than an inch Mm -hmm. before they come out and inspect it and say, oh, yes, you can go to sleep now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So all night long, we would take turns raking the coals, spreading them out, pushing them together, and also uh, collecting bits and pieces. We kept some of the hardware that... That came out of it because that's that's one of my favorite things when the man burns is not just the burn that's great spectacular but is when everything's fallen and you go through and over the years gotten some really great pieces of hardware and neon so we just wanted to have a a few of those little bits and pieces yeah Yeah. um yeah so into friday morning we stayed up all night tending to her and then
0: um so since we're talking about the burn is there any um any thoughts about during the design phase mm-hmm. about, the, about the burn, about things you integrated into her design?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the most important aspects with Dot's design was how much air could go through it. We mm-hmm. knew it would be a fast burn mm-hmm. because of her structural design. And then the hemp rope is a very slow burn because it is so dense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have to, one, worry about it floating away or being embers, if you you fray it, it does, which is why we didn't do that to any of it. But we knew that no matter how long it took the flames to get up there, that that would last a long time. And so the airiness of her just made it a very nice, hot fire. And our burn lead was really great from fire and safety because he came out. Well, we had ideas of where fuel would be placed or how much of it would be placed. He came out and and he really mentored us through the process to make sure it was a spectacular burn. And it was really about just how much more density can we give her, even though she's not dense structurally at Mm -hmm. all. And that was really where that came into play for sure. And she was, it was great. It was, she was very fast (laughs) despite our best efforts because between the wind and just that open Mm -hmm. system, you know, but I think at the end it was for the best because people want to see the burn happen they wanted to be beautiful and then once it's down people camped out sang songs mm-hmm. we had a, a little three-piece band that was playing all of his camp came out um we had lucas and another gentleman uh lit the fire his best friends mm-hmm. george's best friends mm-hmm. so we had made fire staffs for them and had them light dot so it was very there was a ceremony involved that mm-hmm. was more important i think than anything is Part of their challenge was um, when George died, they didn't feel like they had the closure that they wanted mm-hmm. as far as participating in memorials and church services mm-hmm. with the family. And this is a way for his family, especially a Burning Man family, to memorialize him in a way that he would have appreciated and was more closure for them. Because here was Dot mm-hmm. you know, saying goodbye and they were all wrapped around the front of her and then letting them, we all step back. And let them take that over. So they said some words. We had music playing. And all the team was on one end. And we handed over the torch. And it's your show now. And we just stepped into the background.
0: Mm. Because
1: really it was a gift for them. And everybody else standing around us. It was very emotional. That's amazing. People were... uh, One thing I'll mention is people were asking me, Are are you going to burn it? Yes, obviously. (sighs) Because for two reasons. One, a moral project. It's Burning Man. Mm Two I didn't want to have a project that I had to tear down and take home. dot had a lot of hardware a lot, <laughs> and it, we there was really no intention of ever bringing her home right. and what would we have done with her you know um, but it being a memorial project it was that's that's the intention she's going to be burnt. People were concerned that I would be it would be hard for me to burn it because it had taken up almost the entire year of my life from first meeting to that moment. And actually, I was really happy. I was like, this was, you open the door, getting there and getting your placement, and this was more of closing the door. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, we did it, and she's complete now. And I felt really good watching her burn. It was beautiful. I was happy. I was happy for my crew. I was happy, like, having uh, Patrick... Uh, come out from Poetic Kinetics who I had helped build his project so many times. Uh, Patrick and Des had got married in Colorado the weekend we packed to come to Burning Man so I couldn't attend but then they came out that night and I really wasn't expecting it and to see someone who I consider somewhat of a mentor, he's a dear friend of mine to be sitting there watching my project burn, Mm -hmm. it was like okay I've stepped up in somewhere that I had always been a support person and it felt really good
0: yeah to oh, me there's a the, the oh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's so amazing the I, I um there's that uh i always also think of like the moment that it falls yeah right which is when the perimeter's released right mm. when it gets under six feet high yep. and you know there's obviously some cheering from the crowd that happens when you know at that moment so there's a lot of just emotion and adrenaline
1: it's a huge emotional release
0: and then yeah. on top of it it's that, like you said, it's that closing of the door yeah. that you've been, you know, you spent this whole year and then this whole week, you know, focused on. You know, if it gets windy, is it going to blow over and hurt somebody?
1: Oh, well, we were worried about. Did we bring every piece, every right. nut and bolt? Every.
0: This I can't constant. even tell you how many
1: times Jesus and I sat on the floor and just counting hardware and making sure. And we ordered more, which is why I still have some. Right. But, right. And there were a couple of pieces that in the machining of the wood um, didn't get cut. And so we had to stand there with like our... A jigsaw. A jigsaw and And one piece and trace it and cut out. There were a couple pieces that we had to just make on the fly, but it was like, we can do that. Yeah. We can do that. That's not a big deal. That's amazing. It's one of the more complicated-looking pieces, all cattywampus, but we did it. Right. And then once, once Joan was hurt, it was like, trying to make sure people are are healthy and fed and rested and there's the urge to want to go out and play because you're at Burning Man, especially Build Week, because that's a magical week to be
0: there. It's crazy. Right? Things right. are
1: happening all around you, but the playa is still fairly empty. Mm-hmm. And so there's just this big playground just and calling your name.
0: And you're surrounded yeah. just with other makers. Yeah. Because right? it's just the other artists yeah. that are there. It's not the so whole... Some you know, of my crew would be like,
1: we're just going to go out for a little while. I'm <laughs> like,
0: yeah, okay. okay, side
1: eye. <laughs> sure. I'm like, okay, but you still have to work tomorrow morning. Yeah, you have to get forget. up. Don't forget Right.
0: <laughs> but so then when it falls, There's that kind of release on top of it. It's like
1: a big exhale.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just like you've been holding your breath since, like, because now it's
1: all easy. Yeah. Now all I got to do is, you know, clean.
0: It's all mechanical. It's not. It's not really like uh, you don't have the stress. No. It's it's in one direction now. It's not like yeah. And
1: you know that morning, the embers were all cold. It was just ash. We did did a really really good job of making sure that it was acceptable. Um, the rest of the team stepped in, in the morning to scoop her up into the barrels and load up the truck with anything that was left. Because you know, then you got to take down the generator and you mm-hmm. know you got to decamp mm-hmm. the project. Mm-hmm. And they did a great job. And I went back and just slept in my chair for <laughs> <three> hours. <laughs> well,
0: that night shift yeah. is hard. It is that overnight's hard because you've been yeah. up all day. Yeah, and then you do that night, and yeah. it's tough because it's there's also that emotional release that like a lot of people who've been like really focused on the piece now that it's fallen, you know, there's a lot of like, I'm going to go to Bernie man. Yeah. You know? So it's like a lot of people don't necessarily want to stay yeah. at the piece. Once it's fallen, they're like looking for someplace exactly. to run off. Exactly. To. We
1: just, that's where we just sent everybody away. Like, go yeah. ahead. Do your thing. Got, yeah. Got yeah. this. Um, and they were, they were real heroes getting her cleaned up, um, and back to camp and getting, And then, you know, we stayed. I stayed until uh, Sunday morning. I didn't stay for the Temple Burn. But the next few days was just about kind of processing and decompressing and kind of, you know, a little self-care time (laughs) after all of that. I tried going out uh, Friday night because that's actually, I got married on August 31st in 2016 at Burning Man and so we tried to go out, and I was at somebody's burn, and I just kept falling asleep on right? the playa. <laughs> right, we had, Our intention was always to do overnight builds, because we've done that before, sure, night sure. builds. But because of our uh, mishaps getting onto the playa, it just didn't work out that way. And we worked days. One night we tried working late into the night, but everybody was so tired. So we just kept doing the day thing, and then we had the overnight of the burn. And then... After being out there almost two weeks already, like your energy, you're just sapped. You're sapped and you just can't, there's no way to get that back really at that point. You're so calorie deficient, you're Mm -hmm. losing weight, you're losing sleep. So, and to,
0: even with your best efforts, you're dehydrated. Yeah. There's, just, yeah. You know, there's no way.
1: Yeah. So you just and, and emotionally,
0: that then, every, then you can't even yeah. you can't even clock the emotional drain. I mean,
1: you just literally, it feels like you just gave birth. Yeah. You know? And that it took about that much time to get to that point. Right. <laughs> it was that about mean. that painful at times, right. <laughs> as you know. Oh yeah, no, good times. Rescue hugs.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's well, and it's it's um, it's it's challenging in ways that you can't ever um, you can't ever voice because there's yeah. things about it that you can talk about the technical things you can talk about you know some of the emotional things right. but there's some some things that you just can't there's nothing to compare it to so you no. can't say oh it's like this because no. it's, it's not, not like anything
1: it's not like anything even building something like at Coachella you have much larger crews, you have shifts, you've got a catering,
0: you have Home Depot, you
1: have Home Depot you can run to, you know, here you're just surviving Mm -hmm. and everybody's, and like I said, we had, there was six of us. And then, you know, at the end of build week, uh, my husband, Sean, and my friend Fatima got there. So we had a couple extra hands, but it was six of us. Just trying to do the best we can. We didn't have anybody cooking for us mm-hmm. or monitoring our sleep or anything. We were just right. doing the best that we right. could yep. all week long. Yeah. You know, we enjoyed burn night. Um, that was kind of the one night just to get out and kind of feel the playa. You know, for without any dot mm-hmm. on my shoulders. And
0: to me, that's the um, that's the the genius of the Thursday night burn. Yeah. Yeah. Like you do the Thursday night mm-hmm. burn, you clean up on Friday, yep. you get to recover. So Saturday you can yeah. actually have one yep. day at Burning Man exactly. and be like, feel like you get the completion yeah. of that.
1: Cause you need to have some of that. Cause yeah. if you don't, then it, you just, it, it's just hard work and then you walk away from it Yeah, and you get, you should, everybody should get a chance to enjoy being there, to get to play a little bit. Go to the temple, go to the man, whatever it is you need to do. Um, Otherwise, it's not a complete experience. And honestly, that's not even the end of the Dodge story. Because while we went home Sunday, just as the temple was starting to burn, that's Mm -hmm. when we left. Um, You know, Then you get home and then there's all the wrapping to do, the wrapping out. And any production person understands that the project isn't done until... All the paperwork is done. You close all the, the binder. Yes, yeah. all the bills are paid. Yeah. The, the, the documents are filed, and and the drawer gets shut on on the filing cabinet.
0: Especially because that week leading up to leaving to Burning Man, mm. you're I mean anybody who hasn't actually done a project at Burning Man who's just gone mm-hmm. knows that that week leading up to Burning Man is the most chaotic week of your life. Right, and then you're bringing this monstrous thing with you. And so there's a lot of times where it's just like, okay, order that. Yeah. And just like money just goes out the door and receipts and whatever. And I don't even know.
1: I usually build a camp, you know, for my friends and we do, you know, two 10 by 20 pop-ups and string some fabric over the top. Well, this time I doubled that because I had all these people in my camp that I I wanted to support them as much as I could, as well as guide them through mm-hmm. this process. So you get home, and then the five ton arrives.
0: Like, oh know. my god, I've got so much crap! <laughs>
1: yeah, and then you've got all your stuff that was clean when you left is <laughs> home. Back in, in where we live, we have a roll up door at the brewery Artisloff, and you know now everything is just on the floor. Now you got to you know decamp your life. Months. Yeah, months. months. Yeah. And then yeah. try and get ready for things like, you know, other work, art walk, um, back to your life, life again. You yeah. Know, pick up the kids Tuesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't seen me in yeah. three weeks.
0: <laughs> How does this car work? They, what do yeah, do? I'm driving. Which side of the road?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's just such a it was a, a harder reentry than just going to Burning Man and I've had a Burning Mans that were up or down, you know, it's always an ex- a different experience, but it was a really challenging thing to come back from to just get back into daily life and have all these remnants around that you need to care for to bills to pay, mm-hmm. you know, budgeting analysis. Did we spend all the money? Did we not spend all the money? Right.
0: Cause then you have to hand that back to yeah. them. Yeah. 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 And that
1: took quite a bit of time right. to clear all the books. Right. And show your work, so yeah. to speak, as your math teacher would right. say. Yeah,
0: because when it's just, when it's just and then, you. And then
1: also everybody disperses back into your life, into their lives. Yeah. Oh, you
0: know? uh, yeah. And,
1: yeah, and so I picked up a new job, and I'm after hours going through all the Excel spreadsheets, filing all the reports, submitting, you know, the last of all of that documentation. Um, so that took a long time, um, but one of the nice things that happened is. In my burnout, <laughs> mm-hmm. I wasn't. I didn't uh, produce any new art for Art Walk Fall Art Walk, which is in October at the brewery. But what I did is I hosted a couple other friends. We put together a little gallery, and I put up a slideshow of dots build from start to finish. Awesome. So going back to Grant Palmer and my friend Ben putting in the time lapses and all the build pictures that they had done before we left L.A. And then Grant came out on uh, our lift days and took pictures and burn night. And uh, and also other people have been sending me pictures. Uh, There was one gentleman who was documenting safety at the burns. For fire and safety. Oh, put right. together tutorials. Well,
0: that was a big thing that year because I remember there were a lot of people coming around talking about a lot of, yeah, yeah. different, uh, trying to document yeah. many processes. So yeah. we
1: got, so over the few months we started, and I'm still getting pictures, but everybody starts sending me all of their images. So I put together this lovely slideshow of her from piles of slats and cutouts to the burn. Right. You know, and it was a great way to get to talk to people, met more people that know you, that um, are friends of friends that came through, and people that saw Dot at the burn, mm-hmm. walking through, like, oh my God, I was there. I saw her. I wrote my dog's name on her. Didn't and know it was it, you. Yeah, so it was, yeah. Great. it was a great two days of just getting to still get kind yeah. of, that's what recharged me more than anything, is mm-hmm. getting people to come through my home and see the model, talk about her, talk about the story, see the images whether they were there or not. And there were quite a few people that had been there, which was really great.
0: Cause um, then you also know that, um, there's like legacy to it, mm-hmm. that it's like, you know, it, I, cause I, I always, I feel like when someone says, you know, aren't you going to be sad about the burn part? It's mm-hmm. the letting go of it. And the yeah. concern that like so much of your energy went into it, that then to let go of it. And then you have nothing, And it's the, the reality is you, you don't have nothing. No, She's gone. Yeah. But you, you don't physically have anything, but you have so much of this legacy that you have that you can tell people about it. Now you've these stories Mm -hmm. and you have these interactions that it does live on. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, you get that experience of like, Oh, it's not gone.
1: No, she. she it's she's, just she'll a, never this be other gone. form. She's in yeah. a different realm now, yeah. and having done that for a couple art walks and getting to talk to people about it, it also becomes very educational because a lot of people see pictures of Burning Man, or whatever festival, large scale art of anybody's, and they don't understand how much goes into it. Right. Um, my hopefully husband, that's what. Yeah, uh, I'm
0: kind of trying to do yeah. a little bit here. This is
1: another level of yeah, that, exactly. where people become more educated on into how much goes into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having slideshows and time lapses is a really great way for people to see how much effort and how many people put work into it. And that's been super gratifying. I even had a, one of my neighbors brought through a, a whole group of architecture students. And so I showed them the slideshow to talk about, this is where architecture meets art. Right. Because I can't build that without Jesus. Right. And I, honestly, I would never build anything without him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now that you know. He, he
1: knows that. Well, I, yes. I knew it before, but now that we've had this one-on-one experience, like, uh, and he and I have worked together on a few other things since then, but nothing like this yet. Although, I'm going to warn him now I have an idea for next year. Oh, my God. You uh, heard well, it
0: here first, folks.
1: Well, I, if you hadn't heard, the uh, theme this year is Multiverse. Right?
0: The multiverse.
1: Multiverse. And so I have a project that I designed a few years ago for another event that they didn't take it, but would be perfect for this year's theme and i'm not a theme person i rarely pay attention
0: to it. <laughs> totally. i've never
1: built anything or dressed in particular that's way right. i'm like well that's funny what's uh, the man gonna look exactly.
0: like that's the only that's thought i only... usually
1: have about it
0: when we years ago we built this big steel ball mm-hmm. and our whole joke was always well big steel ball goes with everything it does it, it doesn't matter big yeah, steel it's, ball it's what's the theme universal. this year yep big <laughs> yeah. steel ball goes perfect with that theme that
1: makes sense so I'm not going to say what it is, but, but some people, got have, some people have seen this design, and so I'm going to have to schedule a meeting with Jesus oh. and see if he wants to jump in. Awesome. Because <laughs> it's it's very it's very fitting. Awesome. Uh, so I, I took this year off, which was really good. I got to focus on some other things and just kind of recover and heal from that experience because there is some healing to be done mm-hmm. after going through something like that.
0: And And to me, just to get the hunger back. Yeah. You know, you kind of, to me... Because
1: I don't do art. Art isn't my business, Mm -hmm. per se. I do art because I love it. It's a part of who I am. I participate in other... I do large-scale production. I produce large-scale art for other people, working with Poetic Kinetics, working with Chains, working with the company that I work with now, Rabcup. I'm usually in that role of hands-on and project management type things. Um... But having taken on this lead role, you know, that's a whole nother level. And it's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of responsibility. You're responsible for other people's lives, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for the, and to meet expectations. And no one's expectations are higher than your own as an artist. And so this past year, I've just kind of taken that time to reevaluate what do I want to do, you know, to move my art forward and and live my life because I have oh, two giant teenagers. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's been a good year for me just to kind of regroup. And and once I heard the, I heard about the theme, and I kind of giggled to myself because I'm like, of course it is, because why not? <laughs> <It would laughs> but then I realized, happen. oh, that project that I've been thinking about for about seven years, which I had an architect do a design for would be perfect for next year. So, That's yeah, awesome. stay tuned. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. We can make a go of it. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Hey, so a little bit of um, housekeeping. Um, is there an Instagram account for Dot?
1: Uh, dot does not have an Instagram aga- account. I have one. Is there a for website? Myself. There's a Facebook page. Okay. Uh, which is Dot, comma the Dog. Mm-hmm. Um, on Facebook. On Facebook. And then my website is collective70.com. And my Instagram is the same. Collective Collect- 70. Collective 70, which is my art kind of frontage. Sure. And the reason it's named that one, I was born in 1970. <laughs> to, oh, I'm getting old. And two, <laughs> almost all the work that I do with regards to art is a collective of ideas, of people. It's very rarely do I work uh, as a solo artist because I like being around people. Mm-hmm. I like teamwork and I like having different points of view. Like I'm a photographer and I've done painting and assemblage work, and a lot of that is solo endeavors. But when it comes to large-scale things, I like to involve my friends. And I know welders, fabricators, fabric specialists, you know, architects, designers. And I, when I look at a project, I try and think, how many of my friends can I get on this project? Right. When I took on Dot, it was the first time because I had been wanting—we hadn't done things like Coachella and Life is Beautiful for a couple of years— And I was missing that kind of spring season of all of us coming together, usually on your off time, Mm -hmm. to put together these big projects. And I had been wanting that for so long. This is my opportunity to bring my people together and build a project. So I'm always kind of on the lookout for those things because that's where I really, I feel like I thrive as a person working as a team member, but I also love being around my friends so much and seeing them use their talents and skills. To the maximum, so creating those opportunities is really what makes me happy.
0: And this this sort of work requires that you can't do it by yourself. No, it's not possible. No,
1: there's and there's many art forms that you can, and Mm -hmm. some people thrive in that, Mm -hmm. and certain aspects of my art does. But what I really love, no matter what I'm making or building, is being with a group of people that I love and respect, mm-hmm. and have incredible talent, and more talent even than myself. Mm-hmm. And just being, you know, a link to all those people and creating something amazing—that's mm-hmm. the joy of it for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for coming and talking to me.
1: My pleasure. <laughs> awesome.
0: And uh, thank all you for listening. And there you have it. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Bill Zunkin for his cover of Burning For You by Blue Oyster Cult. You can find him on Instagram at B-I-L-L underscore Z-S-U-N-K-A-N. For more information on this episode and the podcast in general, including links to websites and Instagrams of our guests and your host, you can head over to buildtoburn.com. Build to Burn is a part of the Burner Podcast Network. Be sure to check out Burner Podcast for a wider view of Burning Man and dig down into other Burner Podcast Network shows for facets of the community. Thanks to Arash for all the work he does. Thanks to Raz for his expertise. And as always, thank you for having the fire that brings light into this world.